0: Hi, this is Louise Campbell, co-host of Surfing the National Army podcast. This weekend, we're offering four conversations from Season 3, Episode 49. Our discussion about FibroScan scan use in the community settings in the UK and the recent NICE meeting on this subject. Plus, from the vault, a section of our coverage of the first NICE meeting on the subject back in March of this year. I'll begin this conversation by describing the National Institute of Clinical Excellence meeting on this subject of getting FibroScan scan access into the community for the location of Sir and fibrosis in those over the age of 16 years. So it's quite a specific discussion. So I describe the process by which the evaluation transitioned from a pure assessment of a cost of a test to the process looking at the pathways through the tests are delivered and the costs of specialist visits and other items patients incur along the pathway. Professor Ian Rowe picks up the conversation to note the reasons that this evaluation is different from the kinds of costs that NICE typically assess. Dr Catherine Jack discusses the value of using fibre Scanning Nottingham and her experience. experience where she practices in terms of picking up various levels of fatty liver disease. She describes the decision to reimburse Fibroscan community use as in her words a bit of a no-brainer. Roger concludes that this is an unusual evaluation and medically a no-brainer and go on to describe some of the analytical changes and outer system data on this question. As we wrap up Ian notes that the question nice answered may not be consistent with the scale of the entire issue around the community of liver screening. Ian was confident that a non-invasive liver screening is an no brainer, but not necessarily fibroscam. We've discussed several times on this podcast the need to broaden the use of NITs as the primary diagnostic paradigm and to create and promote guidelines to remove the mystery and confusion from individual physicians finding the best way to do so. In that spirit, sit back, listen, enjoy, learn, and when you're done, how about joining the dialogue on our LinkedIn discussion group? Roger Green.
1: Why don't you kind of dive in for us, Louise, your floor?
0: Thank you. And this really is carrying on the debate specifically in relation to the NICE technology or the MedTech guidance um, considering access of fibroscan for primary care. And I think it's been an interesting experience. It's probably around about nine months in progress so far. And this was the second public meeting. It's like a wheel. And I, I'm sure Ian and Kate have sat on NICE or advised and acted in various different guises. My previous experience has been for hepatitis C and on patient advocacy in the Royal College of Nursing side. So when you sit in the room and have those conversations, it's sometimes easier face-to-face. This is obviously now a Zoom experience with even the committee members not in the same room. So it's an interesting experience. You get on, you sign off your name, so you're just a public observer and anybody can register to be a public observer. So what we're discussing today is not confidential information anymore. But what is interesting is we do seem to have come around to one of the initial points. It was very much a focus, and I think you stated this before, that NICE are very, very particular about what they review, and they set particular black and white lines around it. This is certainly from watching and being part of those processes, something that doesn't quite fit in that box. And I think that's part of where FibroScan sits traditionally. It's got scan in the title, so most people think it's radiology delivered. And in fact the original. Original presentation was done by two radiologists, which was then retaken back to some extent because a lot of the information was incorrect. A lot of the premise that a hundred people would walk in the door and a hundred people would walk out the door, and it was purely just a scan, seemed to surprise people. It became during the middle of the process about purely the cost of the scan: is it cheaper in secondary care or primary care? Except we have now gone back to the very beginning to have it recognised that you cannot get a fibroscan, scan either in primary care or in secondary care without a consultant appointment in most hospitals. So that was thrown back into the ring this week as a cost. Now that cost is over £200 in most areas. So what was looking to be break even, I should say, and in some respects more expensive in primary care, by adding back in the original costings to be able to get the test has now made it more expensive by my calculations. So it's... come back out of purely being let's work out the cost per test to now being maybe we have to go back and look at the whole pathway as to how you get the test. So I'm going to stop there because Ian obviously and Kate have comments on that, I'm fairly sure, is that this is unusual for NICE to A, be about to turn something down, which was the last meeting, and then to revisit it and then to still have not necessarily looked at the right calculations. And after I've opened it up, then I'll make some more comments about what was, generally discussed and the feel. So, Ian, um, you've been to Nice before. You've done that. Ian Rowe.
2: So, well, I've never been to Nice before, but I've read a lot of their documents in great detail and have provided, as part of Teams... Um, evidence synthesis to support decisions that NICE make. I think you're right. This is a technology that is a little bit outside their usual wheelhouse. They think they've struggled to understand its place in the diagnostic pathway. And I think to some extent, that's because over the course of the last five years, the diagnostic pathway is shifting and has changed quite a lot. You know, I think if we reflect on what we were doing in Leeds five years ago, Fibroscan was a third-line test delivered in a small proportion of patients in secondary care after at least one one consultant visits. Today, it's part of our primary care pathway. The test is still delivered by an employee of the secondary care trust, but certainly don't need to see a consultant to be able to have a scan. And I suspect the same as in Nottingham too, and has been for a lot longer than it was and has been in, in Leeds. And a lot of the evaluations of FibroScan and the source of evidence that NICE are looking for, they're just not there. The evidence isn't available. And when they ask questions about what is the cost effectiveness of in FibroScan in primary care versus secondary care, there's still quite a lot of missing information um, for them to be able to make a decision and I think it's that continued uncertainty and changing background that's making their decision making so difficult.
1: Catherine Jack. I'd just say as as well we've um where I work in Nottingham we've had a change to our fibroscan referral pathway a couple of years ago and the consultants asked GPs to send a considerably larger number of people in with all kinds of risk factors and we had a fairly large waiting list which we're making really good inroads on but when we're scanning people we're definitely finding cirrhosis or or fatty liver definitely fatty liver but a good number of people with cirrhosis who were previously undiagnosed and had no no idea this is really highlights the importance of an early screening pathway because once we found people who were quite unexpected and didn't realize that that's the conversation they were going to be having on that day we can then deliver some very targeted brief interventions give people quite a lot of help and support at the time make sure they then get fed into the consultant clinic pathway and we're picking them up early so it feels for me that the, the concept of doing fibroscans scans early in the community is a bit of a no-brainer. It's very compelling.
0: Everybody sitting around the experts, and obviously I provide expert opinion, but like every expert, I have to declare any conflicts of interest for doing that. But we cannot sit on the committee. We're not involved in those. And I think you're right. It's a no-brainer. As Ian said, it doesn't fit what is normal. There is normally a lot of evidence that comes with any of the technology that they're reviewing. Fibroscan only came into the UK in 2017. Much of the data that is being reviewed is out of date. We cannot use data that's not produced outside of the UK because it's nice. However, a lot of the data being considered is not high in volume. It is very much specialist scanning service provided often by the majority of units in the inpatient setting, even though they are directly referred from primary care rather than in the primary care setting, with a few exceptions, but by the liver team. So that doesn't necessarily help deliver teams reduce resources or expertise. So that's right. It really doesn't. If you look at CAP, for instance, that wasn't even introduced until 2014. Most of the recent figures are badly affected by referrals during a COVID period. There were no referrals in for most areas. People weren't even attending their GP. So when we talk about figures and saying minor figures can make a massive difference to the cost effectiveness of the case, when we're looking at COVID figures and not talking that they're COVID... Affected. It really has thrown a new dynamic because actually COVID's not been mentioned once oh it has been mentioned once on this recent meeting about how it did affect the referrals so it has been an interesting concept I think my general feel of this meeting in the last time was it was very positive the primary care physician really nailed it on the head from the committee saying actually this is not routine screening in the community for everybody this is we've already picked up a patient with an abnormal We need to get to secondary care for a fibroscan or we can do the fibroscan in the community, saving that secondary care appointment, travel and lots of other things. And I think that was the light bulb moment that, that I took from that meeting and after that it softened a little bit. So that was interesting. The other thing that she brought into the room was the cost effectiveness shouldn't just be calculated on cost per test, it is about the picking up of patients and avoidance of other diseases, avoidance and early location of different things. Now that can't be calculated because I don't think we have a quality metric or a calculation metric that we would be able to use within a nice meeting for FibroScan specific. Perfectly on that. So did I walk away with a general feel that nice may well get to do something out of its normal comfort zone. But looking at the level of patients affected by poor liver health, I did personally. Whether that happens, I don't know. It's interesting
1: because when we're seeing people at our regular fibro scan clinics, we're not just doing the scan saying, oh, you've got a number of, you know, it's 8 or 10 or 24 or whatever. We're also delivering a brief intervention. We're asking people about their alcohol intake, their diet. We're measuring height and weight and calculation the BMI, we're checking their blood pressure. And so all of this is more than simply just a fibro scan. So those implications go beyond the cost of simply paying for the scan. Because we're having a conversation with somebody and saying to them, well, your blood pressure's on the rise now. It's, you know, you have a body mass index over 30, you're drinking a bottle of wine a day, it may be time to start thinking about the the overall effects on your health beyond that of your liver, because it's not just about liver health, it's about the one a cardiovascular picture and diabetes risks too but as you say it's a little bit tricky to figure out how those metrics can be captured in the way that NICE would usually review data in quite a clean mechanism
0: and I think one of the best pieces of evidence was at the Nursing and Allied Health meeting at Easel, which was about the one brief intervention that a nurse had done and how it had changed somebody's diet two years later with scan that actually was a Spanish study if I remember right and it hasn't been able to be used at NICE but their argument on that is there's not enough evidence to say, yeah, we know brief intervention makes a difference. We know these patient engage, it makes a difference. So it's about time to write these things up. It's certainly gaining evidence and bringing it onto the BSG guidelines, for example, it's recommended to start to use some of these non-invasive technologies, ELF, ILFT, T, scan, things like that in primary care where you have access to them. So if NICE don't approve, then a number of guidelines that want access to scan, We'll still have to go through secondary care. And as you've just alluded to, there is a lot of cirrhosis coming in these backlog lists and people who need desperate help. Can we as a liver community provide a liver provided only test? Uh, I
2: don't know. Ian? So we've talked about quite a few issues there about the tests, the wider intervention that is the test plus beef intervention and then the ultimate value of those and I'm a bit reluctant to say that FibroScan is a no-brainer. I think doing non-invasive fibrosis testing in the community and selected patients, that's a no-brainer because that's the only way we're going to identify people who've got significant liver disease before they present so that that disease could potentially be prevented but whether it's FibroScan or something else is still a little bit open to question and I don't think we can FibroScan every patient in primary care nor do I think that that would be desirable. So there are a few different things to unpack and this is part of the issue with the NICE thing is that it's just looking at one specific part of the pathway and one specific question about where the test is best provided you know that comes back to the scope of the consultation and everything else but I think it's important just to bear in mind what NICE were asked and then to try and understand how we use scan as part of the, the wider pathways.
0: And now back to Louise Campbell. We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please send an email to questions at surfingnash.com. We'll be back next week, and I know we do not have a topic yet, so keep your eyes peeled for a preview ads or posts on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Instagram. Until then, as Roger would say, stay safe, surf on, and we look forward to seeing you on the podcast. Bye for now.